Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League Update. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily. It's Friday, the Premier League is almost back with us. You've just got to wait a few more hours before you can get yourselves right back involved in the best league in world football. We'll have a full Premier League preview show for you first thing tomorrow morning. However, before we get to that, there's still plenty of issues to get our teeth into from the last 24 hours of Premier League action. There's been plenty of controversy this week in terms of issues with players and managers, players playing, players not playing, and also a growing trend of players falling out with fans not mentioning any names at this stage we're going to be touching on that a little bit later on and to get through all that and more this morning I am joined in the studio by Phil Hudson hello Phil morning mate Stefan Armstrong pleasure to be here and Tom Padden hi how you doing hi guys how are we very good, very good, very good, very good. And I'm Fergal Brendan. Right, we're going to get straight into this. As I say, plenty of news washing around the Premier League this week involving some of the top sides and involving some real controversial issues that um, the teams and supporters have been to be reading over and dealing with. So one of the big things that's come through in the last 24 hours is Liverpool's opposition to the League Cup. Now, Jurgen Klopp's made his feelings quite clear on the League Cup so far this season. Uh, he's allowed Pep Linders to essentially take over team selection and dealing with the players on match day. But now he's got another headache as it stands Liverpool have been drawn in the EFL Cup quarter final against Aston Villa that's all well and good however 24 hours later they're expected to be in Qatar for another quarter final in the Club World Cup now Jurgen Klopp's been quite firm on this and he said that if the FA don't come to a, to a conclusion and look to move the game or readjust it so that Liverpool can compete in both tournaments, he will forfeit the EFL Cup. Now, I'm going to go to <laughs> Phil first on this because Phil loves a good bit of controversy. What do you take on this? Do you see Klopp's point or do you think Liverpool just should get on with it? Um, yeah, I do see his point, but at the same time, they're just going to have to deal with it, aren't they? I mean... It- what what it, the point you told about before we were on air Fergal, was it they need thirty six players to play both games they've got to name two squads of eighteen but it's Liverpool Football Club so basically play the kids if you want to make a political statement you've got to play the kids and and just if they get humped they get humped it is as simple as that isn't it this is a bit of a non story to be honest like 
Liverpool, they've got jets. They don't need to worry about this. They can get out there 24 hours afterwards. I think this is just Klopp being a bit dramatic. Just, just You can't be a victim of your own success to the point where you're saying, oh, we're not going to play in the League Cup or we're not going to play in the Club World Cup because we're too successful. Get on with it. I do, I do think that it's not unreasonable for the FA to look at a common sense solution because they want, to, they want English clubs to do well in these international competitions. But at the same time, if the FA say no, you can't forfeit the game. It's like, do you remember ages ago when Middlesbrough forfeited that game at Blackburn because all the players had flu? Oh, after eating a lasagna or something? No, that was no, Arsenal. But they ended, up, Arsenal. they ended up getting points deducted and they went down over it. Whereas oh. if they just sent the kids, tanked five now at Ewood Park, they, they'd have still stayed up. Yeah. It, cost, it cost them their Premier League stays. If, if Klopp forfeits a League Cup quarterfinal when he's the manager of arguably one of the biggest clubs in the world, can he say he, they can't put two sides out? Jesus Christ, my cricket team puts two sides out on a <laughs> Saturday. Is, is he not just doing this so he can get the fixture um, played at a time that suits him better? So really, he knows that nothing's going to come of this. There's, of course it's an empty threat. There's no way he's going to ever, ever forfeit the game. He is literally just trying to play a game to get it rearranged, which I don't think is an outrageous thing for the FA to consider, but he just wants it rearranged to a sensible date where he can play both games. Speaking of which, though, which do you think, if he had to give one up, which do you think he would give up? The Club World Cup or the League Cup? The League I've... Cup, definitely. Why? Well, there's, there's always been arguments. It's not, it's not just this season where Premier League managers have come out and said how pointless the League Cup is. I don't agree with that. Like personally think that the League Cup's a good thing. It gets the smaller teams playing the bigger teams. It's 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 good for everyone. Like It's cheaper to go and watch the matches for people like United fans that have to pay £6 a week to go to Old Trafford. Um, <laughs> but I feel like... The the thing with it is, is that the 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 FIFA like FIFA is a separate organization to the FA, and you wonder have they even talked to each other about it? Like when they actually planned the schedule. I mean, FIFA have just uh, done the next World Cup for the middle of winter, yeah. so I don't think yeah. they're that bothered about I think, scheduling. I don't think, and I actually think I actually think I think Klopp would rather give up the FIFA World Cup. I think it's an interesting one because I think from a supporter's perspective, you speak to Liverpool fans and when they list the competitions that they're in this season, those two are at the bottom, firmly at the bottom in terms of right how much the interest they have or, or whether they're bothered whether they go on and win it or not. But the prestige of being club world champions, we look at this competition and, it's, and it is a bit of a farce and it's a bit of a trek out to Qatar and you're playing against, you'll probably play one difficult game, maybe two difficult games that generally speaking, the European side always wins it. Real Madrid won it three Pretty years always, three years yeah. in a row and they took it very seriously. So I actually disagree. I think if it comes to the crunch and he has to forfeit, I don't. I, I agree mean, with Phil, I don't think it's going to come play, to that. I think he'll forfeit the League Cup. You're playing oh, the League Cup every year. You yeah. don't play in, in the FIFA World Cup everywhere. Plus, I'm guessing for, for a team like Liverpool with like a massive international fan base, it's probably quite good for them to be seen playing in these sorts of tournaments. No, I, I, I agree with you. Politically, he can't forfeit the FIFA World Cup. I absolutely get that. But the, the, the question that I was sort of talking about was, which do you think he'd rather do without? And I honestly oh, think he'd rather yeah, do yeah, without yeah, the World yeah, Cup because yeah, it's going to cause definitely. him such a fixture backlog. Definitely. And he, he takes him out when Liverpool are going to play how many games over Christmas and, and winter and stuff? It, it's I ridiculous think, it's like they've got a game like nearly they've every, got between between the between the 1st of December and the 2nd of January they've got nine games as it stands in all competitions nine games exactly do, do, you, know, do you know what and will they, miss, will they miss Premier League games when they're away as well there's the potential what, what the Premier League have said at this stage is that if they progress in the tournament they will consider moving it back because if they go to the final I think the final is on the 23rd, 22nd 23rd of December so they would look to potentially move Premier League games but 
what's basically happened here is no one's read the email. That's what's basically <laughs> happened in this situation. It's been a case of, oh, yeah, but what if this happens? What if this happens? The dates that they could be playing, and you know, they're only going to play two games potentially, a semi and a final. The semi, as it stands, as we say, is the 18th. And the final is, sorry, I beg your pardon, the final is the 21st, right. which would which would again cause a fixture pile-up in terms of the Premier League matches matches that they've got to play because they play West Ham away that same day. So we're talking about being in two places at once for the League Cup and the Club World Cup. <laughs> they might actually have to be in two places at once if they get to the final because so, they're meant to be in, in London and so in the, Qatar. So there's clear scope that they're going to obviously not make them play against West Ham on the Saturday if they're in the final of the Club World Cup. So, feels like there's already a precedent set, really. And I think so that the obvious solution is just to move the League Cup game. Am I right in saying as well that um, this FIFA World Cup, do they have to play um, a third place game as well? Do you know like we've seen in the uh, Rugby World Cup and if, everyone if thinks it's a lose, pointless yeah. thing, but so that's just third even... And fourth place, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if they were to lose, they would go into a third, fourth They'll place. Lose, like... With, without all this drama, though... I think the the point Klopp was trying to say is that it's unreasonable to ask us to play these games, right? But at the very basic levels of things, right? These are elite sportsmen, right? They can definitely play nine games in a month. Oh, I, they, no, yeah, it's it's. I, don't I, think I know, I know, I know it's logistically the problem. Two games in two days does seem a tough one, though. I'd like to see it. I want to see it. Would you like to? But see- there's people who do seven marathons wait, on seven continents wait, in seven days. But wait a second. Like, wait you know a second. I mean? Would Would you like to see it if you're a Liverpool fan? Um... Yeah, you've got me. You've got me. No, I wouldn't. Of course, I wouldn't. And, but, and and within reality, do we do we all want the narrative to be in January or even in late December of blame game and too many games, too many games, too many games? Do we really want that to be the running theme in the Premier League and, title race? That can't like, be an excuse. And also, I, I mean, I don't really care about this. <laughs> <laughs> you've always yeah. been a big advocate of the yeah. Club World Cup. No, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge, huge pro FIFA man, <laughs> but I just want to throw this into the pot as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing I don't care about is England. They don't play in black and white stripes. I'll second that. But but my point is, if you're a diehard England fan, yeah, and half of Liverpool's team are playing 85 games this season ahead of the Euros, is that not something for you to think about as well? Should they be playing all this football? We're already talking about putting mid-season winter breaks in so these guys can get a rest. And then we're making them naff off to Dubai and play two friendlies in one semi-competitive game. Which will be against the winners of the Copa Libertadores, <laughs> but that, that's that's just the world of football as it is. You can't it's just bonkers, though, isn't it? it? And I think it's a lot, yeah. And I think an interesting aside from that, which which follows on from what Phil would say, many, many, many Liverpool fans also have no interest in England and how well they do. So just as you've said with, with Newcastle fans and, and many fans of other clubs or of people who just do not support England, they're yeah. going to be looking at this situation and going, "It's club first. These players could oh, be damaged from this." I think I think what you got to do is you've got to look at say Man City last season Man City played a lot of games last season and they've built a squad with a lot of fringe players with some youth players as well who have been able to manage playing in every single competition and getting very far in every single competition Champions League's the only one where they didn't get to the real latter stages and they've managed to control it so surely Liverpool wanting to take on Man City on that role kind of as the best team in England Surely they must have got a plan for this sort in of In the last two years, who's played more football than Liverpool? They've been to the Champions League final twice. Yeah. And Man City didn't play in the Club World Cup, obviously, because they yeah. didn't win the Champions League. No one's played I know it's two games, but it's a trip to Qatar, a trip back, plus two games. And as Phil said, they've got the Champions League final. City last went, out, City went out in the quarters. Yeah, it's, it is a lot. 
and it adds up and it adds up in the legs as well. And Klopp give up the Champions League this year and go for the Club World Cup, <laughs> for the League Cup and Premier League triple. What, can, right, here's, here's the last question and we'll wrap up on this. Tom, I'm going to get your answer on this. Right. Does it count as a double? What sort of level of double is it if you win the League Cup and you win the Club World Cup? Is that like the, the Paper Cup double? The, the Cardboard Cup double? What He's is asking it? Jose Mourinho. <laughs> no, me, me, come on. I, I don't I don't think it counts as any sort of double. I mean, it's all just a farce in it. I think the FIFA World Cup it's just to promote 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 teams, make money, and that's about it. I don't think it's a, a football based thing. And you've got to think of the fans as well. Like who can afford to go to all these games? There'll be yeah, that's and that's that's a very good point. There'll be very, very few Liverpool fans, particularly Liverpool fans that live in Liverpool, that are gonna be jetting off no, yeah. to Qatar to watch this game. Lot, there'll be a lot of expats and you know what I mean? Yeah. You, yeah. you go Lord you go to the game at the weekend yeah. and it, you, you're paying for your beer and your travel and everything else. I don't think beer's gonna be a problem in Qatar. <laughs> the, the the expat cup, that's what it should yeah, be called. Yeah. I like that. Well, anyway, anyway, enough. We, you know, none of us none of us have been able to reach a decision. Do you know what? We should probably apply for four jobs in FIFA. I think we do a great job. None of us have been able to make a decision and, and we don't really know what we're doing. Promise I think we'd be on. If Newcastle ever win the FIFA World Cup, I'm open top parade. I'm there. <laughs> that, that is, if we if we won the League Cup, I'd be there. For, it's just it's just how the other half live this. And, and I think and I think to be honest, if any Newcastle fans are listening to the podcast, I think they'd be in full full agreement with that. Oh, 100. I'm, I'm this. All we talk about is how how badly off. Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City are, <laughs> you know, I'm, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, no, Laporte's injured. Oh, no, we're going to have to bring in another £50 million centre-half. Oh, how do we cope? Granit Xhaka, oh, he swore the fans. Oh, it's terrible. He's rubbish. Oh, he's only a £35 million central midfielder. I honestly don't know how you cope, mate. It's tough. It is tough. But luckily luckily for me, like most Arsenal fans, I've got my trusty dressing gown in the wardrobe and I yeah. can go home, I can stick it on and I feel so much better. What podcast have we landed in today? <laughs> Straight away. This is amazing. He's going to get home. He's going to fire up Arsenal fan TV fam. And then dressing gown on. No dressing gown on. Sound. Anyway, anyway, moving on. I promise we'd move on and we, and we got sucked down a wormhole there. Um, we all like a good ridiculous transfer rumour on this podcast and, and I'm just going to dead quickly I'm going to go to Tom as a United fan Chris Smalling has taken like a duck to water at Roma now we all laughed when he signed we, we were like is this a situation whereby they don't know who they're getting or Smalling doesn't know where he's going but credit to him aside from taking that ball in the face in the Champions League he's done relatively well and he's got himself in the first team and he's a regular widespread reports this morning that Roma are going to make the move permanent in January or potentially in the summer yep. as a Manchester United fan where do you stand on this? Are you happy to see him go? Do you want to see him back? Is this a good move for Chris Smalling? I definitely don't want to see him back. I think it's a good move for Chris <laughs> Smalling. I don't think he was the worst defender we ever had. I think Phil Jones is a lot worse and we've still got him for some strange reason. But for Smalling and Roma, good for them. He's playing well there. But the Italians, it's it's an easier league, isn't it? So he's but obviously going to do well. He's a good defender. It's potentially an easier league, but it's a league that's very focused on defending. And, and thank you our resident Italian Jordi <laughs> uh, Chris Morlin is a defender and from what we've all seen he's not a very good defender I, I take the point that people say oh, it's an easier league whether it is or whether it isn't it's a league whereby defenders are the ones that make you the money they're the ones that bring home the bacon yeah. and if you're a centre-back like Chris Smalling who's got his detractors in England and has very few fans be the Manchester United or be the non-Manchester United he's got a big test ahead of him I think I think that he was always a good defender he always had his, his good and bad moments but if he could come back to the Premier League and he could play for like someone like Everton or some of that, and he'd probably do a really good job. I just think with United being under the microscope, he just got a lot of stick from the fans and from people that hate United. Um, so I think going over there, new start for him, it's it's a good thing. Has he improved his haircut yet? 
<laughs> no, well, it depends on what your class is in improvement. I wouldn't have his hair cut, uh, but he seems to be a big fan of it, so no, no, I haven't. Also, Phil, what was the name of that Italian play? You just, it sounded like a pasta dish, but who was it? Catanaccio. Who did he play for? Uh, no, it's, it That's means the, the bold, mate. It's the system. Oh, right, okay. It's like Baresi and all that. They all inv- they invented that sort of football. It's very defence-minded, but it, literally the literal translation is the bolt. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. S- the- send him there. Get him there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect place for Chris Smalling. Just quietly, this this kind of just echoes on from what I was talking about, though. Everyone's like happy to knock Chris Smalling, right? The kid's played 31 times for England, and he's been a decent player for Manchester United. As Tom alluded to, he would get into 70% of Premier League sides as centre-half. 17 million for a player of that quality is a good bit of business by Roma if they can get it done. Would you like to see him next to Lascelles at Newcastle? Um, I wouldn't be upset about it. I'd... I mean, what I would say is we're well-stocked for centre-halves. We've got the most handsome man in football, Fabian Shaw. We've got <laughs> Florian Lejeune, who's absolutely mint. And we've got Lascelles, who... Do you know what? I might see him instead of Lascelles. He'd would do you? the same Ooh. job at Lascelles as Lascelles does. I'm not sure if he's... Lascelles is more of a leader than a footballer. Right. And he gives you that. But Smalling's as good as Lascelles. There's no doubt about it. Le, Lejeune and Shaw are better footballers. But then we've also got Kieran Clark and Dummett as backup as well. So we're well-stocked for centre-halves. But if, if we sold Lascelles for... 35 million to Tottenham because they had a brain melt and thought they wanted a leader when Alderweire leaves in the summer and, Take him in. and we, we would have happily buy Chris Smalling what I think's happened with Chris Smalling is I, I think I think you're kind of right to a point where he does get a lot of abuse when he came into Man United um, and especially because it was this partnership with Jones and they were going to be the next thing for both club and country there's a lot of pressure on that and it's not quite panned out to be this superstar partnership that everybody thought. And that's the only reason why I think he gets put down, because he isn't as good as what they thought he was. So he's not your stamp. But it's fashionable now for these supporters from you know the bigger clubs in the Premier League to, to berate centre-halves. It's John Stones at Man City's copping loads at the minute. Yeah. It's just, it's just fashionable for these clubs. So it is. We, need, we need some kind of like centre backs union, is what yeah, we need. You need, you need to, you need to <laughs> migrate them all to Italy. That's what you need to do. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to move on and we're going to take a little break. Running now, a day. We've, sp- we've spoken about top six players and uh, fan perceptions over the last couple of weeks. And, and Phil is a huge fan of talking about this. So we've got a fantastic subject to talk about after the break. And that is Granite Shaka's response to Arsenal fans after he criticised them in the two all draw at Crystal Palace last weekend join us again in a few minutes football social daily premier league updates sports social Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast running the rule over all 20 teams in the Premier League. As well as getting your podcast every day, you can also catch up on the latest news on your team. Simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social. Now, before the break, we discussed Liverpool and their trials and tribulations across the world and Chris Smalling potentially making a permanent swap from Manchester to Rome. But we're going to move on and we're going to quickly look at our old friend, Mr. Shaka. Now, Mr. shaka has got a fair bit of airtime this week, so Rome going to run uh, over this for a few minutes now Shaka unless you've been living under a rock had a bit of an issue with the Arsenal fans during the 2-0 draw with Crystal Palace last weekend he wasn't very happy when he was substituted off pulled his shirt off gave them what for they booed him there was a bit of aggro and then there's been silence from the club this week Granit Xhaka has since come out and released a statement on Twitter last night via Arsenal where he's given a bit of context on the situation. He's explained that personal insults towards him, towards his wife, towards his family and the constant what he describes as disrespect from the Arsenal fan base what is what drove his reaction at the game. Now, quickly guys, we're just going to run around this. I want to, I want to get a, a bit of a view on this. Where do we stand on this? Sam, we'll start with you. 
Shaq has come out and made this statement on the back of the way that he's been treated by fans. Yeah. Where do you fall on this? Do we, do we see this as being a fair point from Shaka, or do you think it doesn't go far enough? Well, firstly, I'd just like to say, I I didn't think he did too much wrong to begin with. Like, I think it's just been made into this massive thing, when, at the end of the day, he was just showing his emotion, showed that he cared. And what, what he's come out and said, um, basically, he's been saying that he's been getting abuse on all the social media platforms, and it's just been... Um, Balling over for a few months, I think he said, like a few months or a few weeks, and I think that's that's fair point. You know, he's a human being. If you're getting all this abuse and then all of a sudden he's trying his best, he get he gets brought off, he's getting booed. It's just emotions take over, and that's fair enough. It happens. I think we should all just move on from it. Uh, would you follow on from that, Stefan, in terms of how he's approached this, how the club have approached this? I think 20 years ago, this wouldn't have even been a story for anybody to debate. I can imagine, I can picture Gascoigne just leave it, leaving the pitch, swearing away. Nobody would say anything, even if he's swearing at the fans. I, I quite like that Xhaka did that, to be honest. It shows a bit of personality, something that's lacking. And it highlights a point for me, which I talk about often on this podcast. There's two things I hate in football. One is VAR and the other thing is social media. I hate footballers on social media and and people who abuse footballers on social media too. It's just such a nothing story. Phil, would you pick up that? Do you think in terms of it's been blown out of proportion? Do you think, as Shaka said himself, he essentially said, I want to lay this to rest now and we go back. He said he made a very interesting comment. He said, I want us to go back to a position of mutual respect. Do you think this is the issue put to bed now? Yeah, well, you'd hope so. I mean, one of the things, Stefan said something eminently sensible there, which took me by surprise, <laughs> which, which was that uh, which was he said he hates social media and football and how it just gives the fans the opportunity just to, troll footballers and stuff like that which is absolutely correct social media is the big problem here not not anything else what I would say is though how did Granite choose Granite Zaka choose to communicate with his fans <laughs> on this issue he put a, he put a statement Twitter. on he put a statement yeah. on Twitter and Instagram yeah it kind of makes a mockery of not everything that he's saying but with regard to the social media but then also but then how does he get his message out oh well he does an interview he's got every every opportunity he's a professional footballer yeah. if he'd want if he'd rang BBC Sport up and said, I-, I want five minutes of airtime on Grandstand to talk about this or whatever, or Sky Sports News. Do you honestly think that the clubs wouldn't have carried it? No, that's very it, true. It, it, it's insane. He, he hid behind his Instagram, just like these people are hiding behind their boiled egg profile pictures and whatever. <laughs> it, it's crazy. What I would say is he shouldn't have to put up with it. It's, it's you know, some of the stuff that's been written is obviously really, really disgusting, but there's no evidence that those people are even Arsenal fans. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And and to be honest, uh, well, I'd like to make an, an apology on behalf of the Sports Social. If Mr. Boiled Egg is listening to the podcast, we don't just mean you. We're talking about boiled eggs in general. We're not we're not focusing on one person. <laughs> Sorry, I, I cop for Twitter every time this podcast goes out. <laughs> Get hammered. Well, just just quickly, Stefan, I'm going to throw this one over to you. Yeah. What happens now? So you're Unai Emery. What, what do you do? What's the most appropriate course of action to happen from from Arsenal Football Club, do they bring Shaka back in? Do they leave him out? What do they do with the captaincy? What's the most you know? We've highlighted honest, you as the sensible person on this podcast. Yeah, I like what, that. I like what does that. he? What does he do? What's the best course of action? First of all, if I'm Unai Emery, I'm I'm looking for vacancies at different clubs abroad to see uh, where I can go to next after it don't work out at Arsenal. But he has popped meantime, up on LinkedIn a few times this week. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, um, what I do is I'm very firm in my team selection. Uh, I stick by what I choose. I probably take the captaincy off Shaka and give it to one of my six or seven other captains. Um, and I just try and steady the ship. That's what I do for my memory. 
I think that's a, it's a difficult situation because we discussed it earlier this week and I'm I was never a fan of the captaincy group. I always thought it was poorly thought out idea and it was never going to work and ultimately that's part of what's come back to shoot Emery in the foot but I think the way he's going to play it he probably will leave him out this weekend for the game against Wolves and then I think he'll slowly look to bring him back in. What I'll be really interested to see is the Arsenal fans' reaction for his first game because they've essentially been kind of their numbers been called by him in terms of the way they've treated him but also we're talking about a fan base that does kind of dabble in this sort of controversy so that'll be an interesting one the volatile if if they go to Wolves and lose then then there'll be problems if they go to Wolves and win then it'll be forgotten about yeah that's true well from a point of controversy to a point of non-controversy now we've had a lot of shouting we've had a lot of disagreement uh, on the podcast today we're now going to have a little bit of uh, voice of reason anyone that listens to the Friday podcast will know that every week Mr Kieran Howley our very own fantasy football guru gives you the lowdown on who should be in your team and who shouldn't be in your team ahead of every Premier League weekend and he joins us again today Kieran is the man if you want to know anything about fantasy football Kieran is the person to follow on Twitter and listen to on this podcast it is just as simple as that Kieran how are you today I'm good yeah you very very well right fantasy football what are we looking this weekend now there's going to be people who are getting a bit of itchy fingers in terms of wanting to move players around and change things give us an idea of where the bargains are this week there's a lot of games with um, managers backing misfiring strikers Daniel Fark's come out and backed Timo Puki this week and just said lay off him give him a chance um, could he be someone that you'd be telling people to stick with with Fark eh no no, I won't stick. <laughs> no, I've I've been looking around the um, the sort of bargain striker price point about what's out there. Uh, we're in a really tricky period now where good cheap form players are having really bad runs in terms of fixtures. Um, so you're you're ending up at looking around the premium price point or a little bit below it in order to get real value out and get points on the board. Uh, I think the teams with the with the best five fixtures in the next five weeks are Arsenal, Leicester, Man United. Norwich, good fixtures, terrible form. And then Wolves are sort of a mix in the middle. So you're looking at Arsenal, it's premium forwards. Leicester, Bardi's looking great, but it, obviously scored nine. He didn't score nine, but Leicester <laughs> did. Um, so he's already got a point two increase this week. So you're already paying more for him than you were just like five days ago. Um, so it's, it's it's a tricky side. So I would... I would suggest most people try and roll their transfer this week if you are looking at replacing forwards because you're probably doing like for like um, and trying to bring in one okay performing player to get someone who's similar. And with that roll of the dice, if you make that transfer, you like either one can work out, but you've lost your transfer. But if you don't make that transfer, you still have the same odds of getting points, but you have your free transfer to next week. Well, I'm going to ask you a personal question, but I'm sure there's plenty of... Well, not well, maybe later. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's plenty of uh, fantasy football managers or wannabe fantasy football managers that uh, every single week they look at that screen and they go, who do I triple captain? Do I triple captain? When is the right time to do it? Now, theoretically, you look at this weekend's fixtures, Manchester City at home to Southampton conceded nine last weekend. They beat Southampton in the League Cup in midweek. Aguero, would you be triple captain in Aguero this week? When you look at where Southampton are and you look at how good City are, if ever there was going to be a game where Aguero is going to knock in a few goals? Uh, no. No? No, that's my... Wow. <laughs> that's a short answer. <laughs> Phil looks like he's about to know. He's hesitated. Um, well, I So... I was talking about. I think you're discounting Joel Linton's form, mate. <laughs> well, yeah. I think you know where where it's we we've got, we've got West Ham. I think that's the game. That's the game where he comes to the party, mate. No. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Southampton 
I think it's a blip. Uh, they they are poor performers, but it's week in week out. Um, they're, they're dripping goals or more than they are the floodgates opening in terms of these games. If you look at actually their underlying stats, so uh, shots conceded in the box, uh, shots conceded on target, they're not under the lower end. It's Norwich Spurs, interestingly, are up there as well. Um, so if I was going to go big on a team this weekend, uh, I, I would go big on Brighton against Norwich because they have by far the worst defensive record in the league. I think I think they'll get a, a bit of a battering by City, but that's more about how good City are. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't think that because they conceded nine against Leicester, then it's going to be a repeat this weekend. I think you're looking at blip performance. Just so just, I wouldn't triple captain. Genuine question about triple captain. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of playing Aguero as my triple captain, but inevitably Guardiola is going to stitch me up and pick Gabriel Jesus as like a left field selection. Do I lose my triple captain or does it transfer to my vice captain? No, it does transfer. So you notice when you put it on, then the colour on your voice, you, both your captain and vice captain does change. Uh, as to when to play your triple captain, uh, a lot of people like to do it early in the season because they like being higher on the leaderboard at an earlier stage because it makes them feel better. Uh, it's where you end up at the end of the season. You're going to get more points in a double game week than you are in a single one, quite obviously, on a triple captain. So... You need to you need to resist that urge to go. Oh, either I'm bottom of the table and I just want to feel a little bit higher, or I want to jump ahead so that uh, I feel more confident and I can brag to my mates. You need to play the long game. You need to be thinking about forty <laughs> points in a game week rather than twenty. Can you imagine being that invested in fantasy league football? I, I think, think you'd brilliant. be shocked by the amount of people Mate, that are. I, I've just looked at my team for the first time in four weeks and, <laughs> and sort of thought, oh, I'm second bottom. Weirdly, how's that happened? <laughs> but it's because I've looked at my team for the first time in four weeks. Well, I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot for today's show. Some fantastic advice from Kieran. Some psychological advice at the end there, as well as fantasy football advice. That's been today's show. Thank you all so much for joining me in this studio to talk over some of the big issues in the Premier League at the moment. As I mentioned at the top of the show, first thing tomorrow morning, we will have a full Premier League preview. Don't miss the chance to listen to that. That will be available on Acast and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at The Sports Social. And if you want to keep up to date with the latest news on your Premier League team, you can do that by asking your Alexa device to enable sports social. Thank you very much and we'll see you soon. Football Social Daily Premier League updates. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.